0: What is up, everybody? This is Adam. Welcome back to Fouled Out. Today, Matt and I are going to talk about what we are looking forward to most in week one of the NFL season. That is right. We have real live football to talk about, baby. The NFL season kicks off on Thursday, and then the first full slate of games this Sunday. And I am so excited that we are finally here. We made it. It is time. But before Matt joins us, I just want to remind you that you can check out our Patreon page, at patreon.com slash out, I posted a podcast there yesterday about my MLB 2022 rootability index. So I ranked the 16 remaining teams that could possibly make the playoffs from most rootable to least rootable and gave the top five. So the top five teams you should be rooting for the most and the top five teams you should be rooting against. So you can get that podcast and many more. We're posting four non-NFL podcast on patreon every month so we're going to be doing some baseball basketball and hockey season are starting soon and then we're going to have a guest on to do college football with us as well uh, if you're interested those sports but as we promised all the nfl stuff this season is staying here on this feed including this week's podcast which is our first podcast of the new season let's go Alright, Matt is here. He he has not made it out of the woods, apparently. He's still stuck. Matt, how are you? Uh, Lost. <laughs> lost and he doesn't want to be found. I have good news for you, my friend. We have real live NFL football to talk about this week. So this podcast is going to come out on Wednesday, which is going to be our new drop day during the NFL season. And that means... By the time that you're listening to this, we are only one day away from NFL football. We made it.
1: Yeah, I mean, all of you listening to this are incredibly lucky compared to us because we have to wait so much longer. It's true, but they have to wait longer for the podcast, so
0: we're kind of balancing it out here. Uh, But Matt and I are going to talk about the top things that we are looking forward to most for week one. But before we start that, we wanted to go over the like final couple pieces of news here from the offseason to kind of put a bow on our offseason coverage. A lot happened since last week when we made our picks. So You
1: don't say.
0: Yeah, quite a few pieces of news. I'm going to kind of like list the pieces of news, and then you tell me if it affects your picks at all, because I feel like you were higher on some of these teams than I was. Uh, The things that have happened since we made our picks – for all of the division winners, the wild cards, and everything we did last week. Titans star pass rusher Harold Landry tore his ACL. Saints safety Marcus May was arrested for armed robbery. Uh, The Saints also traded C.J. Gardner-Johnson to the Eagles. And then the 49ers came to terms and brought Jimmy Garoppolo back out of the shadow realm to back up Trey Lance. Uh, which might have like Harold Landry Torres ACL and Marcus May held up a liquor store or something like that and Jimmy Garoppolo coming back from the desert as like the prodigal son might have been the most surprising piece of news that I just listed
1: maybe surprising to you <laughs> I never expected the 49ers to go into the season without him because I do not think Kyle Shanahan likes chance so i said this a while ago
0: that i actually thought what the best thing for them to do was was to just say like okay trey's gonna be the starter we're going with trey we're gonna do the whole offseason with trey but jimmy's still here in case we need him i mean he's the best backup quarterback in the league right like there's not a better quarterback backup quarterback than jimmy garoppolo
1: you don't want to have the best backup quarterback in the league If you need him for anything other than injury. And I think they are opening Pandora's box for this upcoming season. And it's not going to be fun. We all know how messy it got in Miami with the Tua Fitzpatrick dynamic. And that's not something that you can afford to have in an NFL locker room. Yeah, I'm not worried about it early, so I'm
0: actually not worried about it. My opinion of the 49ers has actually gone up since last week, and I was already pretty high on them because I like the safety net that is Jimmy Garoppolo. Th- the key to the whole thing is going to be how good is Trey Lance and how well does he play and how good of a start can he get out to? Because like I know exactly what you're worried about is that Trey Lance starts struggling. The fans start calling for Jimmy Garoppolo. The guys in the locker room are like, okay, we know we can win with Jimmy. Why are we not rolling with Jimmy Garoppolo? Yep. I think Trey's gonna get out to a super fast start this season. Uh, and I don't I don't want to spoil too much of the podcast that's coming up, but his first two games are against the Bears and the Seahawks. So I think he can have good games. I think like we'll see how that offense is going in those first couple games. I mean, if he struggles against the Bears and Seahawks, then you got a real problem. Yeah. But after that is when I would start worrying like week three, four, five. The schedule's a little bit harder. I think they have the Rams in there as well as some other pretty decent teams. So you know, we'll see how it goes. But overall, I'm more confident in the 49ers because of this. I'm kind of I'm kind of zagging here.
1: Well, not for you, just because you've been on this train since the start. So it is two two motherfucker. Literally the most chalk take that you could take based off of what people know about you
0: I'm at the point with the 49ers where I'm like a drunken San Francisco home fan like I'm not even a fan of the 49ers but I'm at the point where like literally anything that happens I'm just like that's bullish bullish sign for the 49ers like George Kittle got struck by lightning last night bullish the 49ers will only get better with his newfound electric superpowers
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we we sometimes forget just how green Trey Lance still is. He has not taken very much NFL live fire yet. And when he has, it hasn't been particularly great, understandable. But he also didn't have a whole lot of live fire in college either. So he's going to struggle at points and struggle mightily because that is – basically requirements becoming a good nfl quarterback the question is how does that work out in the locker room and with Kyle Shanahan because you can't have a back and forth if they go to Jimmy then they have to stay with Jimmy and then at the start of next season that makes everything else more murky that's
0: kind of the thing with like Pittsburgh you're you're seeing that they're probably going to start Trubisky Week one, just because like if you start picket, you can never go to Trubisky, right? You got to start with Trubisky and then go to picket and then picket's like kind of the savior because once you go to the established veteran is when things start getting real shitty in your locker room real quick when you try to go back to the young stud. Uh, but we'll, we'll talk about yeah. uh, the 49ers and Trey Lance. Well,
1: oh, you know, I would argue there's never a time to go to Trubisky, so
0: that don't say that out loud. The Trubisky Truthers will find you in the woods. Uh, Come at me. We'll talk about Trey Lance a little bit more here in a little bit. What about the like Titans and Saints? Are You you picked both those teams. You picked the Saints to win the South and the Titans to make the playoffs in the AFC.
1: Yeah. Are you uh, contemplating changing those picks at all? Not so much the Titans. I, it's one of those things where It sucks to lose a pass rusher like that. But I have confidence that Mike Vrabel and his staff will find a way to make it work enough. And you have Derrick Henry. That's a pretty good horse to ride into the playoffs. I know the AFC is brutal, but four of the best teams in the AFC are all going to be beating up on each other anyways, so... That's going to work in their favor. The Saints. We talked up that secondary a lot. So congratulations to us on making it to the level where we can actually curse a team. Uh, Voodoo, baby. Yep. The Bills are going to be
0: so good this year. Let's go Bills. (laughs) We did this last year, too. We cursed someone last year, and then we started talking about how much we love the Chiefs. So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this, happens. Yeah. this happens year over year.
1: I probably would move them to a wild card spot and then move Tampa into winning the division. I just like their offensive weapons too much. I'm just really high on Jameis Winston heading into the season.
0: I think that's the appropriate response for the Saints. I-, I think I had them as like wild card one. I'd probably move them back to like wild card two. Or yeah. something like that. We don't. We don't know what's going to happen with May. On the Titans side, so I already had the Titans missing the playoffs. So the Harold Landry thing doesn't really affect my picks mm-hmm. that much. I just kind of look at it. I'm like, man. Every year we have a team that has like the season from hell, where there's just all sorts of crazy stuff that's going on with them. And I'm looking at the Titans, and I'm like, oh man, they're they're kind of set up to start having that season already. Yeah, you know, A.J. Brown is gone. Derek Henry's back, but with the plate and the screws in his foot. And while we both have a lot of faith in Derek Henry, I'm just saying, like, there is a world where that's a problem for him. Yeah. You know, Landry was probably your second best player on defense. He's gone. You got the weird Tannehill thing with Malik Willis coming in and Tannehill, yeah. you know, being a prick about it. So I think that there is a world where they're set up for that. You know, typically it's like a team we're not expecting though. So it'll, it'll just be someone like random and crazy, but, uh, I, I'm worried more about them, but I was not high on them anyway. So I'm not too concerned about changing my picks, but I think that that kind of puts a bow on the off season. I think we, we kind of touched on everything. We got all of our divisional previews. We got fantasy football done. We got all the picks in. We'll all adjust your picks in the spreadsheet here. Now it's time to talk about real live football. <laughs> there are games this week. We had an awesome weekend of college football that I thoroughly enjoyed, but like I feel like week one of college football is just like the appetizer. It's like to get you ready for what's really coming. And we're kicking off with a huge game on Thursday with the Rams and the Bills, uh, which I'm super excited about. But there is all sorts of stuff to look forward to this week. The NFL did a fantastic job with the slate at least on paper from like a narrative standpoint we'll see how good some of the games actually end up being Uh, so there's great games there's great narratives there's all sorts of debuts of guys so much stuff to look forward to this week so Matt and I are going to kind of go back and forth and give you each of our top three things that we're looking forward to this week we're going to kind of break it down and talk about it a little bit So, Matt, I will let you get us started with the thing that you are looking forward to most this week, and it can be game, narrative, debut, whatever you want it to be.
1: I'm going to jump right off the bat here and just make my homer play watching Aiden Hutchinson for four quarters, seeing which Jared Goff actually comes out because we saw two wildly different Jared Goffs last season and one of them you can win playoff games with another one you can't win a game with so figuring out where he's at there and then seeing what kind of domino effect having a pass rusher and just in general a defender like Aiden Hutchinson can have on the entire defense
0: I like it so we both have Hutchinson as defensive rookie of the year this year, we, we talked about it, you know, multiple times during the offseason, including last week that he's the most NFL ready defensive prospect from this last draft. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing him play as well. That Lions Eagles game kind of sneaky early season. Like, you know, a lot of people are picking the Lions as a dark horse team to make the playoffs or at least like compete for the final wild card spot. There's a ton of hype on the Eagles to win the NFC East or like at least make the playoffs. It's kind of a sneaky like early season could be an important tiebreaker down the road. Oh, for sure. So my number one thing is a bigger picture kind of story. It's not it's not a game and it kind of actually has to do with the Eagles. Mine is that there was a lot of big time wide receiver trades this offseason Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, AJ Brown, all switching teams. So, the thing I'm most interested to see this weekend is not only how those three guys look in new offenses and how those new offenses look with those guys, but also the teams they left behind. Like, how does Kansas City look now that they don't have Tyreek Hill? How do they adjust that offense? Can Aaron Rodgers still be as productive without Devontae Adams? No. <laughs> I, I knew that that was coming <clears throat> and how does like Tennessee look? And then like on the flip side, like are these teams going to get the production that they expect out of these guys? Like they, these teams that traded for them invested multiple picks and huge contracts in many cases, you know, they Miami paid a shit ton for Tyreek Hill. The Raiders paid an exorbitant amount for Devontae Adams What is the immediate ROI on these guys? Like, I feel like if they don't look good week one, some of these fan bases are going to start panicking. I also feel like people are very high on teams like the Kansas City Chiefs and the Green Bay Packers who just lost, you know, one of their top offensive weapons. Uh, So how do those teams bounce back?
1: A potential outcome that I think a lot of people are not anticipating is that both teams on both ends of some of these trades could end up actually coming out week one and not looking good. Like that is a very real possibility. I'm gonna tend to lean towards the possibility of uh the team getting the bona fide big-time player winning the trade, but like it is entirely plausible that trading for said player doesn't work out and also the team that loses the player still sucks because they don't have the player yeah that's what i'm
0: most interested to see and like we're not going to know who won and lost these trades from week one but the debuts are like first impressions are everything like you can never get over you only get one chance to make a first impression and this is it especially in like some of these games are big games like devontae adams is making his debut against the chargers Like, that's a huge game for the Raiders this season. Yeah. I think, like, overall this season, what happens with the guys who got traded and the guys who got paid? Because, like, aside from the guys who got traded, you have, like, Debo and Cooper Cup and guys who got paid big contracts to stay. Whatever happens with these trades and with these huge wide receiver contracts this season is going to start setting the table for what happens with guys like Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase who are going to be the next wave of big time receivers who are going to be up for big deals. Um, So it's going to have a huge impact and ripples throughout the league. Like if the wide receivers on big money are super productive, we'll see wide receivers keep getting big money. If a team like the chiefs ends up winning that Tyreek Hill trade, do we start seeing NFL teams reverse course and say like, Oh, wide receivers are replaceable. We're just going to draft
1: more and not give them the big money. Every other team in the league is watching these guys and trying to figure out if it's worth it for them.
0: Yeah, some of them are also on my fantasy team. (laughs) So I really want to know. Also, I just wanted to throw this out there because I forgot to mention this, that this is like the last week before the game start of like just pure hope for a lot of NFL teams including me and my fantasy team where I'm just like, this is like, this is the most hopeful I'll be about my fantasy team all season. And then we got to start playing games. So uh, what is your second thing on your list?
1: Broadly speaking, looking at the development and progress of these year two quarterbacks, because obviously last year's class was very unique in the quantity of quarterbacks that were actually taken in the first round and you know were actually asked to contribute so yeah like looking at trey lance and seeing how he does this year when he's given an opportunity how much growth does max show because he was already the most polished guy that we saw on the field last year uh can Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence overcome that like, incredibly brutal situation that they were put into? And can we see a little bit more maturity out of Zach Wilson? Can he settle down and let this, the game just slow down for him because he's got everything else he needs? I think that's a good call. I The Mac Jones thing is
0: probably the only thing I'm looking forward to in this Patriot season. <laughs> Honestly, it's like him and Christian Barmore, and that's pretty much it. Uh, I obviously, you know, I'll, I'll replace this with something else since you brought this up, but I obviously had Trey Lance's debut as the full time starting quarterback against yeah. the Bears on my list. These guys are, you know, the five guys taken in the top 15. First three guys off the board were all quarterbacks. The future of the league is like somewhat in their hands. Like, We talked last week about if you don't have like a Joe Burrow or a Justin Herbert, that being in the AFC is not going to be fun for you this year. Well, if some of these guys don't hit, it's not going to be fun for you for a very long time. Like if Mac Jones does not turn into a superstar, it is not going to be fun to be the Patriots for a long time. Uh, If guys like Justin Fields and Trey Lance don't develop, it will not be fun to be those teams for a long time because there is a lot of young talent in the league right now. And we need to see what these guys can do. I'm also just excited to see how some of these offenses look with these guys, you know, different offensive situations in New England, in Jacksonville, in uh, Chicago. They got new coaches. Like almost all of these guys got either a new OC or a new head Mm -hmm. coach. And then like Trey Lance with Kyle Shanahan's offense, like we know Kyle Shanahan is one of the most brilliant offensive minds we've seen uh, in recent NFL history. What does he do? to kind of cover up some of Trey Lance's deficiencies and how does that offense look week one? Cause like I said, like I'm a huge Trey Lance guy, obviously we talked about it to open the show. And like you mentioned, like he does have some obvious drawbacks. He doesn't have a ton of experience, uh, even in the amateur levels, like some of these other guys do. So what does Kyle Shanahan do to help him? You know, same thing with fields. Like there's nothing around fields there in Chicago. Like there is so much interesting stuff with almost all these guys. Um, I didn't even mention Wilson, who got massive upgrades to the weapons around him with Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson coming in this season. So it's a lot to look forward to with all five of those guys. So the second thing on my list, I'm going with revenge games. Just like in general, revenge games, we mentioned that the slate for this weekend is pretty lit. And part of that is like the narrative focus of things. So this week, I know we have a game that I know you're looking forward to uh, when Baker Mayfield takes on the Browns. Oh, fuck yeah. Without Deshaun Watson. I also, on my list, I have Carson Wentz versus the Jaguars. You know, he, he got punked by the Jags at the end of last season in Indy and it ended his time in Indian and ended their season. So kind of seeing how he looks. Uh, I have, you know, I actually read, just read a report that Zach Wilson may actually start this week coming off of the slightly torn meniscus and the bruised knee bone. Mm -hmm. If he doesn't start, Joe Flacco is going to start against the Ravens for the first time since they let Lamar Jackson take over for him. He's elite. Uh, I mentioned earlier that the chargers are playing the Raiders after that insane game to end last season where the Raiders knocked the chargers out of playoff contention. And then on Monday night, we have Russell Wilson going back to Seattle in his first game. Like, Make no mistake, even though some of these games may not be good, like I think the Broncos are probably going to put it on Seattle on Monday. The NFL at least made it really interesting from a narrative perspective.
1: Yeah, they certainly didn't bury the lead. Yeah, I mean, especially uh, the Baker-Cleveland one. That is huge. Is that huge. your... F- is that your
0: favorite game this weekend? Yeah, within the
1: context that we're talking about. Yeah, that's my favorite one.
0: That's your favorite one of those. Yeah. I'm i partial to uh, the Raiders and the Chargers just because like I think that is another game that could potentially be very important coming down the stretch here. But I mean, there are all sorts of other narrative games, too, outside of the like quote-unquote revenge games. Uh, the Pats and Dolphins play. That's Tua versus Mac Jones. Yep. You know, we talked about that last year. Trey Lance plays against Justin Fields in the battle of second year quarterbacks. You know, it's, it's a good, it's a good, good, good slate. Like I'm really looking forward to the entire slate. What do you have for thing three?
1: It's not so much a revenge game, but boys starting off the season with a divisional game is a banger. Uh, Packers going into Minnesota with knock on wood, Dalvin Cook and healthy. I'm excited to see that because I have been pretty clear on this podcast that I am not very high on what the Packers have going into this season. I think that in a lot, a lot of areas they have downgraded and I want to see How they do week one against a team that knows them and knows them well. Giving them a test right off the bat, full strength. I cannot describe how delicious it will be if the Packers start the season all in one. The
0: Packers are typically not a team that comes out of the gate super hot either. Remember, like last year, they got their absolute shit kicked in by New Orleans. I mean, this this like feels to me like this is the Viking shot. This yep. is a good time to catch the Packers with all the issues they've had this offseason. You know, you're they're going to be trying to figure out that offense still, especially at wide yeah. receiver with Devontae Adams leaving. Like, I feel like this is a yeah. very fortunate draw for the Vikings.
1: Yeah, and there's been a lot of people hyping up that Packers defense. And I don't know if they're going to be quite ready to handle Justin Jefferson. I have nothing against Jairo Alexander. He's a good quarterback. He gets talked about way too much as if he is a guy who can match up with the likes of Justin Jefferson and Devontae Adams and like all of the top wide receivers in the game. I've never seen that from him. And he's going to have a chance to prove it. I'm excited to see JJ in that
0: game too. Justin Jefferson. With McConnell taking over the Vikings and like everybody's so hyped because he's supposedly going to unlock everybody in a way that they were never unlocked under Zimmer.
1: Which never actually happens when it gets talked about like that. But
0: I know I like a lot of there's been a lot of hype around the fact that Justin Jefferson is going to assumedly take on the Cooper Cup role from last year uh, since McConnell was the offensive coordinator for the Rams. Mm -hmm. And while I get that, like he's going to be the number one receiver in the offense, I don't know that he's going to have targets funneled at him like they were funneled at Cooper Cup last year. Like that, that was a large, a large part of the reason why Cup got so many targets last year was because of all the injuries and the fact that they had like no one else to go to. I think if Jefferson gets that many targets, he can have one of the best wide receiver seasons we've ever seen. But, you know, Thielen's still there and he's good when he's healthy. You got Dalvin cook as an option. KJ Osborne is supposed to be pretty good. So I I don't know that Jefferson gets like 190 targets this season, but just the fact that like he has the most receiving yards ever through two years of a career. And he did it with Zimmer and a run first offense. And now they're, they're going to go to at least something more balanced. I'm
1: excited to see him. Yeah. And keep in mind, like Cooper cup, had matthew stafford throwing him the ball whereas justin jefferson has kirk cousins i'm going to trust one of those guys to get the ball there a little bit more consistently than the other it's not the one still in the midwest uh also speaking of zimmer can we just talk about the fact that he is like infuriated at the very concept of offense
0: They're like, you know, Mike, to win games in the NFL, you have to throw the ball. He's like, forward? Who throws the ball forward? What is this black magic? It's like, I don't even want to run the ball. (laughs) Just knees. Takes a knee. To be fair to him, though, with Kirk Cousins, I mean, maybe sometimes you are just safer just running the ball. But uh, my third thing is going to be a game as well. And I, I can't believe that it took us this long to mention this game uh mine is the thursday night kickoff bills at rams not only is it the first game of the season of the regular season but it's like it's a matchup of arguably the two best teams in the nfl you know they're they're both yeah. top 4 i think in super bowl odds uh the hype around the bills is absolutely unreal and they're going to the defending super bowl champions to kick off the season like that's just like a fun ass matchup That's like appointment television, no matter when that's on. And to have that be our first game, it's just like, hell, yeah. Like, we're starting off with a bang.
1: Yeah, no, I'm very excited for Thursday night. Uh, I'm not doing anything else that night other than not going to sleep. (laughs) Where else would you rather be, baby?
0: I just wanted to ask you a question because I feel like Mm -hmm. I'm taking crazy pills. Here. I'm doing like the Mugato and Zoolander, like they all the looks are the same. The bills are favored by two and a half on the road. I look at that line and I'm like, man. Two and a half on the road against the Rams during their banner hanging ceremony. Are are the bills like that good? Or do you think that's just like a result of the hype?
1: Mental column A, a little column B their roster is incredible and they started to look like for a moment last year that they were going to be able to put it together and then they did everything we wanted them to do in the off season it looks like there's no way that they should be losing games ever but we know this is the nfl and things are not going to go as smoothly as they should. So it's definitely, definitely a little bit of hype, but they definitely are like talented enough to be expected to win. (laughs) I just felt like that was a lot.
0: I was like, oh man, 2.5. So you're telling me if this game was in Buffalo, they're like six point favorites. So they're like five point favorites. Like, yeah, I I just feel like it's going to be close. I I already bet on the Rams uh, with the points. Like I'll yeah. take, I took the Rams plus 2.5 already.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm going to give you uh, one bonus thing that I'm looking forward to.
0: Yeah, we'll do one. More. I have one more for you, too. But yeah. before we get there, I just want to like, I also just want to say Tredavious White's not playing on Thursday. Already, huh? Well, yeah, he's still like not ready to come back from the injury. Yeah. So he's going to be right. out the first four games of the season. And while they'll be fine, the rest of these games, it's like you're telling me, who are you putting on Cooper Cup and Allen Robinson in this game? <laughs> just yeah, it seems like a lot of points to me, man.
1: Yeah, yeah, no Trey White. That uh, that would not be the line that I would choose personally. But
0: yeah, it's tough. But we're gonna be back next week doing like Week One overreactions, and if the Bills do go in and like beat the shit out of the Rams. I think the overreaction is going to be the Bills are going to go 17-0 and this season. <laughs> it's just like, oh, oh, we're done. Amber Visor Josh Allen is my daddy. Uh, <laughs> I'm getting that tattooed on my ass. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's do one bonus thing because we got a little bit
1: of time. So we talked about how much the Miami Dolphins invested in Tua. Well they're playing the Pats week one. He's got a chance to show he was worth it. Cause if he comes out and shits the bed week one, oh man, the Twitter machine is gonna be all over him. It is crucial for him to get off to a hot start.
0: It is for sure. I I'm not looking forward to any Patriots games this season. <laughs> I don't don't want to do this podcast the week after the lions go to new England. I think it's like week four. No, I told you that we should go. And then you decided to have a kid (laughs) (laughs) to be fair. I decided that way before the schedule was announced. Yeah, it's week five. So like, I'm just going to have to take a vacation from the podcast week six. I'm extremely nervous about the Patriot season, but I would feel a lot better if we made two, at least look like shit week one. Like I, and speaking of revenge games, Devontae Parker going up against his old team in the Miami Dolphins, like, yeah, that's kind of fun, too. My bonus thing, you're going to like this one. The Jamius Winston versus Marcus Mariota rivalry revisited oh. <laughs> Saints Falcons week one, baby. I-, I was just thinking about this today, actually. And thinking about this draft. And that these guys went one, two in this draft and there was like a big debate over who should be one and who should be two because they were both phenomenal in college. And just to look back on this and think that everyone who took a side was wrong. (laughs) (laughs) is absolutely incredible. The only way that you won that debate was if you stayed out of it. However, I will say that Winston is arguably in the best situation he's ever been in. Mm hmm. We we've talked a ton about him and how excited we are for him this season, and I think Mariota is a pretty good fit for what Arthur Smith wants to do there in Atlanta. Yeah, you know, and he's got Pitts and he's got London, and they got you know Cordarell Patterson. They they got some stuff down there. I think the Saints are going to win this game for sure. Yeah, like I, no doubt about that. But just like the fact that these two are going up against each other, like maybe for the last time, but just one more time that we can revisit these stupid ass debates that we had cuz every draft there's debate about who should go one and two right how many uh, drafts yeah. do you think like everybody's just been wrong like both sides have been wrong i i can think of two off the top of my head you thinking like 2013 basically was that whatever draft goff and Wentz was in i was
1: i was thinking the year the uh... The Ziggy Ansah draft because he was legitimately like the best player in that first round.
0: Oh, is that the <laughs> one where EJ Manuel was the first quarterback taken? Yeah, at like yeah I think that <laughs> might've been it. Yeah. That draft has the record for maybe being the worst first round of any professional sport. Yeah. Ever. The best player taken in the first round it's probably either DeAndre Hopkins who was taken at 27 or Lane Johnson was taken fourth by the Eagles. But like outside of those guys, it's absolutely brutal. I'm going to read you some names.
1: (laughs) God, it's so bad with
0: the sixth pick in the draft, the Cleveland Browns select Barcavius Mingo with the eighth pick in the draft. The St. Louis Rams select Tavon Austin. Nine and ten were D. Milner and Chance Warmack. EJ Manuel was the first quarterback off the board at sixteen. Oof, man. Kyle Long was there, who was pretty good. But yeah, it's a it's a brutal draft. Man. Yeah.
1: I mean, after those two like Hopkins and Lane Johnson, I think Ansa was in that draft, right? Yeah, Ansa was fifth. Uh Le'Veon Bell so, was actually in this draft, but he wasn't a first round pick.
0: No, <laughs> it it gets better as it goes. <laughs>
1: yeah, first yeah. round is so
0: bad, but it gets better as it goes because
1: the the fact that a uh, a pass rusher who could never stay on the field was like the third best player drafted in the first round is brutal. If you would have just taken
0: like the third round of this draft and told me it was the first round, I'd probably just believe you Kelsey Tyrion, Matthew Teron Armstead Keenan Allen all in there, like some pretty good picks later in that draft, but the first round's brutal. And we did this whole bit last year where Gino Smith and Mike Glennon were like fighting it out last season to be the yeah. all time leading passer from the 2013 NFL draft. And I think Geno Smith's going to run away with it this season, but, man, that's uh, like, that's tough.
1: Sometimes scouts just, like, overthink so much. Like, we all watched Tyron Matthew play in college. That was not a third-round player. Despite his off-field stuff, Deshaun Watson was not a back-of-the-first-round quarterback. Uh, Lamar Jackson, not an end of the first round quarterback. Like just use your eyes.
0: (laughs) Yeah. We talk about this a lot with the NBA where I'm just like, okay, that guy's good at the sport. Like, I just know I'm just watching this guy. He's good at the sport. Give me that guy. Don't give me Trayvon Walker. Give me Aiden Hutchinson. Give me the guy I know is going to be good and not the dude who's like, well, You know, if these 25 things go right, he could be good. He could be. So this is, yeah, plenty of stuff to look forward to in week one. I'm super excited to get it kicked off on Thursday and then spend some time watching football this weekend. Things that I want to be excited about, but I'm having a hard time. uh, Fantasy football (laughs) starts this weekend. Uh, And with the start of fantasy football comes the yearly tradition on this podcast. Of the elimination pool. We have been boned by the New York Jets two years in a row. Two years ago, it was Jets over Rams. Last year was the Mike White. Do you remember, like, Mike White beat the Cincinnati Bengals last season? Yeah. That just sounds like... It's not right to me like that. There just sounds like it cannot be right. that Mike White stepped in and led the Jets to a victory over the eventual AFC champion Cincinnati Bengals.
1: Mike White will eliminate
0: them from the playoffs. It's so wild. It's still so wild to me that I'm still so mad about this elimination pool and the way it ended last season because I thought there was no way. It's tough, man. I remember like if you think back to last season, we had, I think, more double digit upsets last season than we had ever seen before remember that we had like a, there was a good chunk of last season where like every week it was just like this team was favored by 10 and a half and lost. This team was favored by 13 and a half and lost. Yeah. So I'm a little nervous to do this this year. But I want to remind everybody of like kind of the criteria that we look for. And then I'm going to give you the candidates for the elimination pool pick for week one. And we're going to make a pick. So we try we try our best to avoid road teams. We do our best to avoid division games, like in-division games. And then I I don't try to like, you know, we don't try to pre-plan this stuff out. Like we don't save teams. I'm not like going to look at the 49ers and be like, I can't pick up against the Bears this weekend because I'm going to need them in week 13. Don't be cute. Pick the good teams to beat the bad teams as much as you can until you have to pick bad teams. Like we don't pick the bad teams until we have to late in the season. There's no point in getting eliminated because you tried to like be cute and take the lions over the Eagles week one. And you're like, Oh, if I, I win with this, I can save all these like really elite teams for later. And then you're just sitting there eliminated with all the elite teams. There's no point in that. With that said, I have five games for you to pick from. We're going to have to violate one of the rules. Just because of the way the schedule is set up, we're either going to have to pick a road team or we're going to have to pick a division game, I think, except for maybe one game. Option one is the 49ers at the Bears. We talked about the 49ers, you know, the roster outside of quarterback is Super Bowl caliber, and it's just going to depend on how Trey plays this season. Uh, while the Bears have one of the worst situations in the NFL, at least on paper, the offensive line is horrible. The weapons are probably the worst in the league outside of Mooney and maybe commit could be pretty good. Game two is Ravens at Jets. I was going to say it's the Flacco revenge game, but Wilson might play coming off a torn meniscus and a bruised knee bone. So even if he does play, he's probably going to be a little sore. Game three is Colts at Texans. That's a double whammy. That's a road game in the division, uh, although the Colts are favored by eight. Game four is the Titans at home for the Giants and Brian Dabbles, Dabbles, Dabble Dabble, Dabble Dabble, Dable, his debut as the Giants head coach. Uh, And then game five is the Broncos at the Seahawks on Monday night. Russell Wilson's return to Seattle. Uh, Any of those jump off the page to you as the game we should pick? I got two in mind.
1: The last two were increasingly more enticing for me. I just don't believe in the Giants at all until they show me something. Nothing against Ryan Dable, but he is a rookie head coach heading into his first game. Um, but uh, oh, man, picking against Russell Wilson going back to play against the Sea Chickens with that roster—that's uh, uh—that's really hard to pass up. That would probably be my first choice.
0: Okay, it's funny cuz I actually have two different first choices. My first choice was Ravens over Jets. I I'm trying to be like as secure as possible in this like it's hard to pick week 1 cuz yeah, we kind of don't know what some of these teams are going to look like. My second pick was the 49ers at the Bears just cuz the Bears I think are going to be pretty bad this yeah. season. Uh and the 49ers are very good. It's just like the thing that makes me nervous is is there a world where Trey really struggles Mm
1: -hmm. and And Justin Fields doesn't. Yeah.
0: And Fields just like goes off.
1: Yep. Week one. It's just like, that's why I'm avoiding that one.
0: That's a tough one, but Ravens, I think the Ravens are going to be good. I know Lamar Jackson is like on the war path this season. Dobbins might play this week. And if not, like, I think they'll still be okay, even without Dobbins. And then like just the, the quarterback situation, like, if it's Flacco playing, then I'm okay going against Flacco. If it's Wilson, I'm fine with that because, like, he's coming back from the knee injury. I, I really don't believe in Zach Wilson very much anyway. So that was my
1: first pick. But you, you're you thinking Broncos at Seahawks? That, that would be my first choice. I just think that uh, there's... They've lost too much. I'm not... <laughs> I'm not trusting Drew Locke at all to uh, deliver a victory for Seattle. I just—it's hard for me to see that as a realistic possibility.
0: No, well, especially because Geno Smith was announced as the starter.
1: That's not any better. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I—the only thing that makes me nervous about that game is like—is Seattle like pissed at Wilson? And is that like the Seattle like sticks it to him for leaving? But
1: that roster is it's not good enough to stick it to anyone. If they were, they wouldn't have. You wouldn't have won to leave. It's fair. The
0: offensive line's pretty bad. Uh, Metcalf and Lockett are still out there catching the ball from Geno Smith. But like the DBs on Denver are pretty solid. So, yeah. Okay. we'll We'll roll with Denver. I think you talked me into it enough. I'm also starting Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon on one of my fantasy teams this year. Wait, i just, I'm the same team? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> same team, same day. Melvin Gordon's in the flex spot, baby. Let's go. Trent is pissed. <laughs> Trent oh, is yeah. Very mad at me. I also just like talk about the fact that like I randomly apparently got into masochism over the offseason because randomly my fantasy team. <laughs> In one league, I drafted to be really safe, and the other team I drafted for like upside, just like pure upside. Somehow I ended up with like a lot of Broncos and Ravens (laughs) on my team. I like Lamar Jackson, Bateman, Dobbins, Gordon, Javante Williams, like players I like, teams I do not. Teams I do not. So, you know, if Trent buys me some Broncos gear, I may actually wear it on the podcast this year. dangerous words the dangerous dangerous world to play in are you feeling good about your fantasy teams we haven't really we haven't talked about it we got a couple extra minutes here
1: yeah um, I feel pretty good overall I mean obviously there's some question marks but uh, I can't be too upset with uh, grabbing Joe Burrow in two leagues and I feel like my running backs in both leagues are pretty damn good Eckler, Chubb and Akers in one and then I got Kamara, Chubb and Akers in another so for the love of god (laughs) Akers and Chubb had better pan out (laughs) And we we kind of talked about with uh on uh, one of our fantasy podcasts about just the importance of locking down that position and uh just being able to figure everything out from there. Yeah, I kind
0: of I went with that strategy this year. I did not have I had a lot of trouble with running backs last season, so my first three picks were running backs in one league um or three of my first four because i have Devonte adams but you want to talk about travis Etienne real quick because matt was shocked and appalled that i took yeah. travis Etienne in the fourth round
1: yeah i i think that is at least a two round overdraft uh my my thoughts on it is His value is going to decline as the season goes on, even if he doesn't get injured. Because eventually, James Robinson will come back and he will take snaps. And I do not trust Doug Peterson enough to get both players on the field at the same time and get both of them touches enough to actually be like a consistent fantasy threat. So my counter
0: argument to it is that James Robinson's coming off a torn uh, Achilles. And you, you know what the hit rate for guys coming off torn Achilles is?
1: It's not great, but I think, I think he'll be fine. Like he's not, he's, he's not a guy who relied on like elite athleticism.
0: Yeah, the the hit rate is, like, there's been one dude who's basically came back and still been good, and that was Terrell Suggs, who's just an absolute freak of nature. Uh, I think Etienne doesn't have to necessarily be the lead running back to have, like, a really good season there. Like, he's going to start the season as the lead running back, and I expect him to maintain the majority of the work due to the torn Achilles. But I'm excited to see what role he's in. I think he's going to be, like, in a similar role to what we see Tony Pollard in this season where he's going to be splitting out a lot as well. Like the proverbial Alvin Kamara, Jamal Charles, Brian Westbrook, like guys that
1: we've seen do that before. Um, and I would agree with you if his head coach was anyone other than Doug Peterson. It's fair. It's very (laughs) fair. Uh, so I'm
0: excited to see what he can do this season. We have no beer bets on the books so far this year. Uh, Can I interest you in a Travis Etienne beer bet? Okay. Over, be. over under 99 and a half times. I'm going to say his name incorrectly on the podcast this season. Over. Yeah.
1: <laughs> That's an easy
0: one. Uh, what did we do for Miles Sanders last year? It was like 1200 total yards.
1: Yeah, I think so. Okay. That-
0: Let's do over under 1,100 total yards for Travis Etienne this season. Okay, I assume you're taking over. I I will take the over 1,100 total yards. You're going under. Uh, As a reminder to the fans, the beer bet, the loser of the bet has to buy the winner a beer of their choice. And definitely not a lime white claw. It's oh, going okay. to be a large, it's going to be like a novelty size line, like <laughs> <color. laughs> and I'll, I'll choke it down with pride. Uh, but that is it for mm-hmm. us. As always fouled out can be found on Spotify, Apple podcast, pocket cast, overcast. you anyway, get your podcast. You can hit us up on Twitter at fouled out sports. And you can find Matt on Twitter at matador underscore defense. You can come hang out with us on chalkboard under fouled out sports. Uh, I'm putting my gambling picks for every weekend in there if you want to check those out and compete against us, we had a fun weekend this past weekend. Uh, I ended up, I think two and two, but in the positive money, thank you, Florida. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, you can also check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash fouled out. Uh, just posted a new podcast there yesterday. The 2022 MLB rootability rankings, ranking the top five most rootable and top five least rootable teams for the MLB playoffs this season. If your team sucks like mine, and like Matt's, and you are not going to make the playoffs this season. Go check that out. See who you should root for. Uh, we're going to try to put at least four podcasts up on Patreon per month. And you can get access to all of them for $3. Less than a cup of coffee. That's like... Not not even tree fitty. Yeah, not even tree fitty. That's not even $1 per additional podcast. So we're going to have some guests. I got a guest coming on to do some college football stuff. Uh, We're going to do more baseball stuff during the playoffs. You also got basketball and hockey kicking off soon. So it's good outlets to get all of our non-NFL thoughts off. But all of the NFL content is going to stay here on the free feed this season. So Matt, you got any final thoughts before we sign off? I
1: just came back from a cottage weekend where, you know, there were a lot of tents and everything. And here I am just waiting for football to start. And the tents didn't go away.
0: I saw that coming. As soon as you said that, uh, the last thing I want to Mm -hmm. mention before we sign off is that my two year anniversary with my wife is this weekend. So, uh, we'll be celebrating during all the football games. Um, it's been an awesome, awesome two years, like absolutely hands down best two years of my life. I talk about it all the time. Amazing wife and mother. And my best friend in the world. So um, happy anniversary, Mar. I know she's going to check this out later this week. So uh, looking forward to that as well. But, and may God have mercy on her soul. Poor, poor woman. <laughs> uh, <laughs> everybody enjoy the football this weekend. There's not as much good college football. There's a couple of interesting games coming up on Saturday. Uh, but just such a good NFL slate for sunday man and it's just one of the best weekends of the year it's like week two college football week one nfl football fantasies going like it's going to be a fun fun weekend so everybody be safe and enjoy yep but all right bye guys right. bye man